I saw a YouTube comment say, this is all Naomi's fault. If she hadn't given Fred the proto-molecule. And I was like, whoa, 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 sir. There is so much wrong with that thought analysis that I'm not even going to waste time. Just good day to you, sir. Good day. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of The Expanse. This is season five, episode six, entitled Tribes. Also feels very apropos for some recent events happening in the news in the last 24 hours. 2020 said, oh, you thought I was done? That is neither here nor there. This episode was written by Hallie Lambert, directed by, once again, Jeff Wolno. I gave this episode a 9.8 out of 10. Some feelers online, people thought it was a good episode for the most part. Initial reactions seemed to be split on which part of the storyline was more more exciting to follow this week some people liked the peaches and amos story quite a bit but others really were more invested in what was happening on the pella some could have done without the holden and the bobby and alexine i am happy that they are servicing each character in real time to see where they're at and I think it will make more sense possibly at the end of the season so that we are real time getting them to where they will ultimately meet up at least I'm hoping that they will meet up by the end of the season I think there needs to be a little bit of a time jump we have Clarissa or not Clarissa Peaches and Amos they're traveling to Baltimore But I guess from where they were at, because it it seemed as if he got there in less than 24 hours. I'm not really good geographically, so I could, this, the time frame of what is happening on Earth, I could be totally wrong on. Matter of fact, I'm just not even going to speculate. But I feel like everything in space, we have only went maybe a day or so after the events. Christian's in her same outfit. For the most part, things are still real time after the rocks hit. I think that's a factor that may also not be in the back of many people's minds when they're viewing because there does seem to be a bit of an impatience with the audience to get to certain aspects. But we are beat by beat seeing how things are playing out with the characters And things are, I will say, being sped up and condensed a lot. And that's a discussion for book spoiler topic, which I will do at the end of the podcast. And I do believe that those people that are impatient are the book readers that know where the story is going and kind of expects it to be in a different trajectory than we're seeing play out. But I think that is kind of the complex thing watching this show being a book reader and a tv audience viewer is that they are companion pieces but they're not necessarily going to line up in the spoiler section we'll talk about the naomi 
uh, kind of buzz going around on that particular character and how things are playing out versus what happened in the novels and there's a lot of reasons I trust the showrunners they have not not <laughs> came through every time on giving the absolute essence of of the book and maybe also it's been a while when you read something there's a way in which you view a story and there's the way in which it gets adapted that can kind of have some dissonance so like I said I'll, I'll discuss a lot of that in the spoiler section but I think that's what's leading those particular commenters which is kind of not fair if you really are a general audience member because I don't feel they have those particular same gripes that are more prolific in the tags and the casual viewer just isn't in the reddit uh, tags directly after the audience I have been checking in the expanse one because unfortunately that in YouTube comments are the only <laughs> and the uh, um, you know they don't have a lot of platforms where you can discuss the fan uh, with the um, expanse maybe discord but I just got no time for all that so I usually jump on Reddit right after the episode, like that first 24 hours, but I don't stay too long. Just like to get an idea of the general perspective after each episode has aired. But I think they're still doing a fantastic job. I think I gave my score. I don't remember. A 9.8 out of 10 is what I gave this episode. I did have a few critiques. And there's definitely some talking out of both sides of my mouth that I'll be doing <laughs> as we get to the spoiler section versus going through the the perspective of just what we saw on screen. If this is your first time here, I will not be spoiling any of the books despite the fact that I have read them all, including the novellas. This is definitely my favorite season thus far the performances have been outstanding as well and we start with christian avasarala giving hell of a one when she is alone in her office watching the news feeds showing the devastation of new york and you can feel the looming heartache and the way she's shaking it looks like she's been crying you know her perfect Kofor is coming down and she is desperately hoping to hear from her husband and is about to send him another message when she is introduced to the new UN secretary by the name of David Pastor. She is kind of embarrassed because she didn't know who he was and that he had been elected or he was acting and he tells her it's fine he doesn't want her to stand up and address him he tells her that he is or he was the minister of interior i believe and it's very clear that this is not someone who ever thought he would be in the role in which he is and admits it very freely he does make small talk at first asking about her family and the fact that she was speaking with Nancy before her plane went down. And we find out that Christian's daughter and her grandchildren are fine. 
but it is her husband who was in NYC that is still missing. He talks about how he was at a field trip or some type of, you know, class trip with some children and they ushered him away. I really feel bad for those kids because you know he got on that plane seeing those children's faces because it could not be discussed what was happening. And then he also says that Midtown is underwater, half of Midtown. So that tells you a little bit more about the devastation. I think once we get to that room and we understand the full extent of the aftermath because they're saying millions of people dead just because we hear millions like a lot of people still are like well that doesn't sound like it's a huge thing considering it's millions of people and y'all don't think that's bad enough (laughs) you need it to be in the billions like uh millions of people dying is still not great but there's going to be the the ripple effect right and when we get to the ripple the environmental effect that is when it's going to hit home And I think that needs to coincide with the moment in which I believe the UN realizes that they can't just go after Marco. You can't just seek revenge. And I think there's a lot of lessons that are going to be learned here. Some wisdom from Avasarala because he asked her, you know, you were the only person that knew of the attack which I'm sure everyone was snapping their hands like, oh, Avasarala, she was the only one that knows. I have already expressed my feelings about her knowing that is already a horse I beat to death. But I think there's a lot in her performance that she is aware of the certain irony here. This is what she wanted. She wanted to be back in the room. She has someone who is clearly as he states not prepared for this position whatsoever i appreciated that he didn't say i'm not qualified you should do it that's an insult to anyone who takes a vow to get into office i understand that in our eyes christian is queen of earth but christian's her her specialty is foreign policy her specialty is the military aspect, the, the, the intrigue. That angle is where Christian excels at. Domestic? Not so much. She is not, that's what Nancy beat her on, was not her foreign policy, but her domestic policy. Because she had fuck all to say about it and didn't think anything was wrong with that and it needs to be acknowledged. Whether you feel this um mars her character or not but it is her particular flaw as with all the characters in their particular flaws so i think she would not it would not have sit well with me if he had said hey i'm just not qualified to do this and since you protected us but it does need to be acknowledged you know she did protect them from further calamity from worse it could have been but I kind of think back to General Souther when he had that conversation with her in season two when he said when she asked tell me how you really feel about me like he tells her straight up the solar system's fucked up in the way that it is it's because of people like you like 
I'm glad that you want to solve the problem right now, but also know that you're part of the problem. And I think there's something to be said about that in this new regime. The old regime kind of still had that conflict too. Nancy allowed herself to, well, Nancy just reciprocated the same type of treatment she herself was prone to. I think people are a lot harder on Nancy than they should be. Nancy's the type of politician in a different world we would want. But Nancy should have always had Christian in her back pocket. And as I stated previously, Christian burned that bridge. There's nothing to say that these women could not have worked together. Christian just wasn't about a cabinet or she was a dictator. (laughs) Straight up. And whether she's the dictator you root for it's still a dictator and i think in this moment she has that wisdom of all the mistakes and all the things that led up to marco happening that conversation has to be had otherwise especially regarding the treatment of the belt it is if you don't address the elephant in the room despite how mad and how wrong marco is to do what he did it was preceded by a very real problem and the fact that many people have joined him and risen up with him to become a or believe freedom is the only way to get if i believe my only way to get freedom is through some type of terrorist act rather i would have done that terrorist act speaks volumes and it 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 has to be conversated in this in this room and people that aren't quite as prejudiced to the situation that were initially and i think david pastor represents that i think him choosing her to be part of the game again was a smart choice on his part i like the fact that he got into the game in the parliament because he really just thought he could do a better job than the person before him so he got into it for the right reasons and quite frankly the people that don't desire to have all of that power are usually the best ones for the job because they're not motivated by their egos and that is also part of the the lesson that christian has learned from her own campaign that led to her her um situation with arjun and now she'll never be able to repair that And then here she is, on the other hand, being asked to be influential in moving forward in the government. She is just now part of the role, very close to the one in which she started in the the beginning of the season. Kind of a puppet politician who's probably going to lean heavily on her advice. And now she has to set aside her own grief and her own worry and the way in which she puts on her armor and fixes herself because just like she told James Holden you're not a child you have to be the adult in the room you don't get to fall apart and seeing that expressed by the actresses movements I thought was rather brilliant then we go to earth now let's talk about the cinematography it looked pretty and nice but it did not look the way in which i pictured it but i see what they are attempting to convey here 
there are a few things that they did talk about in casual conversation the fact that uh it's not the moon (laughs) it's dark outside but it's not the moon it's actually the sun so that's how big that the atmosphere is congested the elements in the atmosphere it's blocking out the actual sun there seems to be a very much a nuclear winter i don't know what the season was before we got here but it seemed like it was spring and now everything is frosted over so what the fuck's up with the weather um, there's an indication that it's getting super cold and the temperatures are dropping we see the trees they're kind of all bent out in one direction everything because this was a rather remote area it's hard to tell the devastation though that was the only side note in my brain was like if this was a city you can tell the before and after right now this just looks like a really nice landscape in which yeah some shit happened to the trees but that's about it but i get what they were trying to convey here and we see peaches and amos come across a relief camp but they don't stop because she doesn't want to go back to jail and he's like well i don't think there's a jail they'll just shoot you so amos says let's go to baltimore i got people there that you want to be around when shit like this goes down you know the end of the world let's be around the criminal people that's a very clear indication of exactly and i know some people are like yeah that's smart the people with the street smart but also um no it's not so smart (laughs) those are the first people in the most dangerous neighborhoods because tribes get very very small at least being around civilization people are still trying to maintain that civility so he decides to toss that aside and it makes sense too though he's got a shady identity uh peaches is an actual criminal though i will say them just standing at the edge of the property there and nobody sees them at all like hey what's those two people over there looking sketch i i know they are not that damn um (laughs) secreted away i wish they would have just been a little bit further and then and they wouldn't have to explain to me how they got binoculars i would assume they just came upon some people but the fact that they don't have any supplies and they decide to go to baltimore it would have been nice to see some plan in which they would take some supplies because it doesn't make sense when it's so close by i'm i don't know i just for some reason was just thinking i didn't need this scene unless it was from a distance i didn't need it to be so close unless they were going to do something more with it but that is where those two are heading then we go to the rossi back on Tycho station they very quickly went over discovering what the sabotage code was we didn't even hear anything about it didn't hear it named um it was just figured out and the rossi is gearing up and the systems check and no other bugs that they're going on their way how do i feel about this well on one hand is it really that interesting to watch someone go through lines of code while minor book spoiler holden gets drunk and cries no on the other hand it's a little weird that nothing at all we didn't go back to sakai 
we didn't have a throwaway line i'm not sure what we could have done that would have set them back and kept them on taiko and that's clearly not where they wanted them to be at this point in the story but i i kind of did need something anything (laughs) but maybe that is just not the qualm for people it's just like well they found it rossi's gone away just happy to see her looking pretty monica decides she's coming along and how do i feel about monica i think we need an ally james holden is on a ship with a whole bunch of belters he don't know and bull who is a little racist against belters he needs someone who has actually actively saved his life so monica will do and they've been through some shit together as she points out because bull is like no fucking no did jim not have a look on his face when he looked at bull and that belter it looks like they exchanged something what was that about before monica jumped on board he tells her girl this is a military operation and she's like um that does not mean anything and she tries to play the story angle that doesn't work especially when she says you can escort me off right now bull said okay let's do it little like i can but then she uses a more rational approach by pointing out that marco's goons have tried to attempt to kidnap me twice so i think coming with you is probably better than staying at taiko and risking it a third time and she checks mates them both there then he tries to play off and be like oh have you ever been in high g maneuvers before and she's like um yeah on this exact ship when we were the first ones to go through the ring okay let's get it he then gives holden that is gives her temporary access to certain point parts of the ship and this is one of those points in storytelling because i think that they are doing dual story this season like everything is not going to be in dialogue or easily detected unless you're someone who likes detail and i think sometimes some of the qualms or the concerns that the audience has or the critiques is in fact in the scenes you just have to know where to look i think that they are layering a lot of things if you are looking for them particularly with the character of marco which i will go over once again in a later scene when we get there but i know there was a lot of people that were like and i did i mention it last episode i'm not even sure i did that he was stupid to not have said anything about her doing the system check yeah i think i did mention because in the novels they were not slow on the sauce at all and then when i rewatched it a second or maybe a third or maybe it was the fourth time um i noticed on the screen that holden was actually doing system checks now we don't we didn't see him verbally make that (laughs) um announcement but it was there to show that while they didn't need to discuss it he was in fact doing um checking on the rossi and they and at this scene it's a follow-up to show that yes even when sakai Sakai was working on the repairs naomi someone always has to be on the rossi because you can't access the ship without someone from the rossi's crew having um command override to certain areas in the ship and naomi usually has that shit airtight the fact that they used her code just uh 
fucking horrible but naomi also was off of palace station and the holden stepped in and well we know holden <laughs> um he's just not the engineer of the crew it wouldn't even probably be something he would think to look into so i thought that was a good callback in this episode to show that no holden is not a moron he's not stupid there is actually a process in place and that he did do the system check but even if he had said the line and i think that's why sometimes people cut unnecessary shit on the board especially when you're this type of show and you have a time and budget constraint but if it doesn't matter why do you need to say it and in this case the the gamora code would not have been detected they would not this is not something you would just pick up and it would ping an alert it still would have been necessary for naomi to send that message or they would have died they would have done a they could have announced we're doing a full system check and they still would not have found that code because it's an undetectable code that's why the augustine gamora is still considered a terrorist act with unknown what caused the actual uh explosion well actually they don't say it's a terrorist act they're unclear on that because they don't know what failed Holden sees a message from Naomi, the one she sent before she left for Palace Station. Will he play the message? Will he not play the message? We don't know. What does the message say? Is it something like a uh, tracker beam of the Chetsmoka? I don't think so because she had not purchased that ship. Well, maybe she did. I don't know. But um whatever it could yeah because it did say check smoker on the bottom of it actually that she did send it from it i just corrected myself but the question i i'm mostly concerned or wondering is if he will even play it like if he's in denial like i don't want to know like because whatever she like her ruining marco's plan clearly and saving his life in tyco station in his mind probably had consequences and those consequences probably included his her death and he's not really allowing himself to implode with that knowledge but him then seeing that message it brings it to the forefront of his mind so leaving off on that scene i thought was really well done to show kind of without him explicitly saying fuck naomi is she alive is she still okay chances are she might be dead and this may be the last message or the last time i ever heard her voice and it literally says if something went wrong they ask you how you are you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine you just can't get into it because they would never understand i will say i don't think the samia is going to be meeting up with marco but we now know Marco is definitely planning to do something else to kill James Holden and the Rossi because he clearly has some beef with both <laughs> considering he got a warship that looked just like it except it's an upgrade. We check in with Bobby and Alex who are on the float because they have dumped their core the belter crew though did not fall for the fact that they were indeed destroyed they prepared to board and they should have known i knew what was waiting for them on the other side of that door i was distracted at first 
I didn't know if this was the Belter crew or someone else, but when I saw that tattoo through the face helmet, I was like, oh yeah, that's the Belters. And then Bobby comes out full armor and handles business. While she is pushing dead bodies out of her way just to be extra disrespectful, Bobby is planting a bomb on the Belter ship. They then try to get away and remove the the attachment and she is able to keep both ships connected until Alex is successful. She pushes her suit to the limit but eventually has to let go. Alex has to get his ass back to the ship and luckily he does. This is why I don't fuck with space. One misstep and you fucked up and you just floating around and that's going how you going to die. Just all alone, no food, no air, watching it happen. But luckily he gets back to the ship. They do an emergency start off, push off, and <laughs> I love the fact that they explode the Belter ship, the bomb explodes the Belter ship and they're going so fast and Alex is not in a crash couch so he is just plastered to the floor with his ass up but he's still like take that motherfuckers <laughs> I did laugh and I love the fact that Bobby was also smiling because I love when Bobby smiles it makes me happy and we got a win man the first win of the season against the Anaros faction well I guess if you do not count Naomi's win but I think this is a little bit deceptive because it does feel a lot in this episode as if some tides are turning in different uh, in different ways. But it's the turn and you never know how that shit's going to turn out. So I think that this is good and they're going to get away where they're going to go in the next four episodes. I do not know them just continuing to you know roll around and then possibly i think they have to meet up with christian or Av or at least the martian government at this point i think it is much more it makes much more sense that they would meet up with the martian government and hopefully we get some of that storyline but if not i think that they will contact christian that actually makes the most sense if they want to skip that i think that alex has to reach out to holden and i think Holden really needs someone from the Rossi crew of his family to reach out to him and I think that would be after this almost near-death experience he would finally check in but it's also two very formidable allies in their own ways in rescuing Naomi I know I was like telling Mimi in the previous podcast like oh she has to not know this is a rescue mission like and it all is popping off to be a rescue mission even though it doesn't seem like it because he is chasing the Zamiya and it doesn't feel as if like that's the right thing to do yes this may lead to Marco and he may have thought two birds one stone but I'm glad that he stuck with going after the proto molecule because that is who Jim is and I didn't have to eat my own words and she would be expecting some type of rescue mission and we learn from her in this episode that it was more about saving her people than actually being herself rescued she was going to accept those consequences even if they were uh mortal 
We go over to the Pella and Marco is not happy. Not at all. He treated her with respect. Respect. Crazy motherfucker named Joe. Sin is apologizing for the fact that he let her near a calm. Philip is apologizing for the fact that he brought her on the ship. He doesn't want to hear any apologies. He wants them to space her. Both Sin and Philip plead for her life. They do not want to space her. The argument gets a little loud because clearly everyone knows she tried to kill Marco. I have very different opinions about this scene and one I will discuss here and the other I will discuss later on. However, my man's is angry because not only did she try to kill him, but she ruined his plan to have Tycho Station and the Rossi be going up in a blaze of fire as a sign of unity going forward. Basically, I need to burn everything that was working or thought it was working in the past, like that possible future. I need it burned all the way down to the ground so that we can move forward. In my vision, that's 100% me. Sin says we cannot space her marco says why not because she's naomi she's family we don't heal our own we'll kidnap them <laughs> we will electrocute them with a baton but we will not space them and he tells philip to do it they continue this back and forth of pleading until sin says and yells you do it yourself then if you want it done you do it i'm not gonna let you involve philip in it unless you can if you think you can make me do it he says something like uh unless you think i'm not old enough or some to that extent basically i'm not too old to whoop your ass and if you want to test that theory we can go right now there's a tense moment and just like a narcissist he picks on the weaker one in the room and turns to philip and says if it was your choice and Philip immediately says, I would spare her life. And then he yells, my son has a good heart. This argument has caught the attention of the entire room. And then he looks over to Sin, still staring up in his face like, so are we going to do this or what? And then he says, I have more important things to do. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. A real gangster-ass nigga plays his cards right. A real gangster-ass nigga never runs his fucking mouth because real gangster-ass niggas don't start fights. Another little insight as both Sin and Philip walk off is when Carl approaches Marco and asks, would you have really done it? Space Naomi, and he kind of looks at her and then goes, well, what do you think? And then she says, if you want her space the next time you need to ask me basically don't ask the two people you know are not going to do something when you put that ultimatum out there maybe he was testing the idea i'm not sure with marco because he is a little bit changed in this perspective there is a diabolical side to him especially uh as it stems from his relationship with naomi that they're kind of barely scratching on the surface as i kind of pointed out to 
a friend of mine that in some ways it's there on the in the outskirts the fact that he planned these rock attacks around the anniversary of the terrorist act that he himself had committed with or as he called one of his greatest victories as something to that respect when he was talking to drummer when she was interrogating him i'm sure he's committed many other atrocities afterwards but this was his golden moment per se and she was involved in that the fact that he has a a ship that very much mirrors the rossi and its gunship even the interior is very similar that's got to be a very eerie feeling for naomi welcome home that's such a undertone to it when it's the same ship that she calls her home except it's with the people she doesn't consider family but is actually her family there's so much dichotomy and diabolical thoughts behind but it's it's done very much in the background and i think that's a tug and i guess for some book readers that there's a concern that the audience isn't consuming how deep and how festering this particular wound goes and then you have this moment in which if you had you know put that that thought process um i think i named some other um examples as well like the rocks on the anniversary the fact that he was going to use her code to kill the rossi as well as tycho station what are, what's the representation there she's the one that gave fred johnson um the proto molecule that kept him in the game to be in with anderson dawes that kept tycho space station in the hands of um fred Daw- fred johnson because it was going to be in the hands of, of series she was integral in that power structure or maintaining that power structure um the rossi and james holden that feels rather personal there, there's a revenge streak or a i'm trying to think of another synonym for <laughs> diabolic it's not petty as some may have interpreted the scene of well just space her out the window because he was getting a little saucy he was he was like oh i don't understand you put her outside <laughs> i don't understand why why you are not computing you made the mistake fix it that's how i want it fixed um but i think there is with that for knowledge if you are looking at that scene you have to wonder how much is he just playing up because keeping naomi alive after i'm sure many have found that she tried to kill him that's also further isolation of naomi on this ship he went from you were a guest here to now your actions have caused you to be a prisoner here and now that image of her being the belter that is famous because naomi clearly has her own and we saw that earlier in the season her own notoriety her own reputation and we know reputation means a lot in the belt so him kind of disrespecting her in any type of manner would not necessarily play well for his image and yet he's managed to get her through her own actions as the enemy even more so and now the enemy is continuing to breathe because his first in command and his son have pleaded for his life what is he to do he has no choice but to keep her alive 
but he also wants her to see the rossi burn in a ball of flat fire now would he have killed her on the rossi i think there's a question mark there because if he wanted to kill her that could just be easily done even if he wanted to make it poetic in a sense of way um i hope we get another scene between and i'm sure we are between her and marco where we differentiate between the man and the leader and i think that scene can only be done with someone who knows you so well everyone else they still his followers he's also made it clear that his son is very important to him not only because he's his son but because he is a symbolism for what he's trying to build for the future of the belt it's kind of this um altruistic facade of parenthood that he's trying to show i'm trying to build this for our children and thus that that somehow uh eradicates the the huge crime that i have done to liberate us but it could just be genuinely his son does not want his mother dead and despite the relationship that exists between his uh parents which are quite homicidal if you think about it from both perspectives like some people were like why is philip even dealing with naomi after she tried to kill he tried to kill her that's how this all started so (laughs) if we're talking about who was trying to murder who first i think he knows that his parents ain't right they ain't right at all but he still wants to reconcile that relationship even as broken and as unhealthy as it is i mean telling your father i will make sure you'll never have to see her again that's on some next level fucked upness in the familial unit (laughs) this is uh my mom i'm gonna keep her as a caged animal and take care of her like don't hurt this pet that my father could murder like that the fact that you have to argue that with your parent just sets up philip as this really this child that never was set up for success and that's the part in the burden of naomi is that she brought this child into this world and she could not save him and she did it with a man that she feels she did not see for who he was in enough time and that's her her battle her struggle her crucifix that she's carrying I really love how Josiah played it in the lift when he says or apologizes to Sin and Sin says so am I even though I'm not sure exactly what he is sorry for for what he had to see but then he says I've never seen you like that before me you and my father I thought you guys were going to come to blows and I love the way Sin just put so much emphasis in his answer by saying it wouldn't be the first time and you see how that hits philip josiah played it so well there's this history that he does not know between his parents there's this chasm of who he knows and what he knows and then the events that are playing out around him and the people that he thought he knew and their relationships he's getting different aspects of them that he did not expect and his world building is starting to get disillusioned but now he's already committed said crime things have already went past the point of any return and it's almost like stockholm syndrome but will this new information 
play out or where it felt further just push him to disaster i don't know and i also like the implications behind sin's words we know if sin had to beat his ass it probably was over naomi and that means something domestic definitely went down that is also a huge thing to put on a kid and that's probably why he said i'm sorry too <laughs> like oh you were born in unfortunately not the best situation this is the broken home he came from a broken home and we are seeing the pieces of that fragmented throughout this ship he goes to see his mother and i love the movements that he chooses josiah the actor because it's so childish everyone thinks he's a grown-ass man but he's not he's just a really tall boy <laughs> he has the mindset of someone who's still a toddler and he likes to think he's this big idea person but even in the way he turns like it's a, a a pouty gesture in which he turns the comms on so he can speak with his mother and he tells her you know you should have died for what you did and she laughs and he's like oh you think that's funny and she says no but i know my crew is okay and she he says well you don't even think of us as your family anymore and she says i guess i don't like she's not unashamed of how she feels because she's ashamed of what they've become and it's almost a a weight off of her i don't have to feel bad about my betrayal to you you have now betrayed me with these actions that you guys have done and the way that philip turned out even if her heart still may care and then she says that and that's what her next statement says you, you'll never know how sorry i am about that and then he goes on to say you would have never been able to kill him you would have died and she's like oh i knew i was planning on going down with him with me because it's the only thing i could think of to help me yep i will take that <laughs> i will take that noose i will take them bullets and he's just kind of like this is fucking crazy and it is these are not ideal parents for any child even if we know especially from naomi's point why she is the way <laughs> she is he oddly says you don't know him like boy please <laughs> i knew him long before your ass came into this earth i wanted her to go full mom but i know she just ain't in she can't be a mom in the way she wants to be a mom because they, they way past way past that and she's like oh no i know who he is he cares about himself he loves me he loves himself i can tell you this he ain't gonna die for you but he will let you die for him why is james crying because he just got knocked down i ain't even lying yo he just got knocked down he put her back in isolation mode like he was slamming the door and ran off back to peaches and amos they're still traveling I don't know how long it's been those flags around them i got it but also just the way in which it was around amos was the most distracting for me i don't know why and then i was questioning that haircut and i blame gene for this you fucking bastard pointing out that his hair kind of looks atrocious and damn it if i did not watch it the third time it was like ah you got some points 
you got some points but she's talking about her bougie ass life of how you know i'm used to nature because they took us on field trips where we had to plant a tree and be conservative and i had a privileged background and amos is like i didn't even know there was fucking trees in the world because i've only been in baltimore until i escaped it and there's nothing but a whole bunch of fog and mass murder all around me so i did not have that same type of childhood but you could see the attraction of friendship there some people thought it was sexual and romantic it's not i could just let you know that right now it's not she clearly is still a little sick from being doped up and her hand and her sling and then they come across a dead body and they are starting to talk about their parents and we learned that amos didn't really know his mom and that um peaches has not talked to jules pierre mal because you know he never came to see her so all the things she was trying to do for him he still i was surprised though like why would he come to see you ain't he in jail <laughs> uh, i guess maybe send a, a telegram anything call with that once a month call that she gets i did like seeing how he goes into protector mode he put gives the boots to her everything goes into protecting her and not himself and then she gives him the bar like you need to eat to take care of yourself even if you're taking care of me and i like the the building of their relationship because it is one of the relationships that need most build up and this would be a good time for idle chatter they come across a guy who is alone across the fire he invites them to join him amos is suspicious as hell about this guy especially when he tells homegirl that's a nice coat he thinks maybe the guy's gonna try to pull something he offers them something to drink but amos is like no we gotta go but he does warn them about a guy who is shooting people or threatening to shoot people off the beaten path and that um he's one of those end of the world types amos explains the uh, peaches i keep wanting to call her carissa too but explains to her that when the churn comes tribes get smaller me and you were a tribe of two civilization is what keeps people civil without that you know people are likely to get back to going to their native ways of you know take and he tells her everyone else is just catching up to his childhood and she's kind of looking at him like oh okay i'm glad i picked you or you picked me to be your <laughs> person to protect and it could have been that that guy was perfectly fine i mean it's two against one he says you know i'm not armed i don't have anything that you needed maybe he was a good person but amos doesn't you see he just doesn't trust anyone that's not in his nature and he doesn't take from anyone either but they could have stayed just a tad like what was the point of even coming close and getting by the fire if he was only gonna sit there for one second and maybe he just was just uh if maybe we sit here longer and it's possible that he could have killed that dude that was dead that they found a few miles back but it also could have been his friend because if he killed him why did he leave him with his boots on and that nice ass coat so maybe he just knew that was his friend and that was his coat and he's like okay so you robbing dead people like i understand why you do it but i don't know if i trust you i just like that scene a lot 
We then move to drummer ship and Joseph and Oksana are getting dressed. Notice they have matching back tattoos. So with every relationship, there are always the dominant people in that relationship. And I think a poly would still apply. Drummer may be the newest member of this particular poly relationship. Definitely. It's been as however long the rocks have been traveling. So maybe six months or something to that effect. But she also is much more of an earther sympathizer than anyone else on the crew even michio pal michio pa not pal always want to say pal she is like oh i'm not for starting no wars but at the same time i'm not for hey i love earthers <laughs> in the same manner that drummer like she had a lot of backing or or had that she was part of the old regime i should say that was trying to make everything that marco does not stand for work and she was close to ashford and fred johnson so they are concerned about this and the meeting with marco i don't know why i don't trust oksana maybe it's because drummer doesn't fully trust oksana like you see when she accepted the message she's you know she tried to put her hand on her and she uh, moved her hand away and then drummer then spying on this conversation clearly shows i don't trust oksana joseph's like we'll deal with it if if it comes to that but i think she'll be fine um yes we know that it's fresh but it's oksana who's the one that's initiating this particular conversation but joseph is her ally and you can see that just with the matching tattoos, just another way in which they are deepening the context without actually needing exposition. It's in the scenery, in the dynamics, you see. And the fact that you do are shown that Drummer is suspicious, I think she knows that maybe there are Marco sympathizers on her ship. I've been saying it since the beginning. Her reaction was weird. It could have been someone else. That's your first reaction? me thinks maybe she knew more about what was going to go down than anyone else on this ship whether joseph also knows that i don't know or maybe she's just that opportunistic that hey this is a good like she says this ain't about pirating anymore this is about our nation and uh the only stump in that plan is drummer convincing people to go a different way so I like everything about this initial setup. And then they are then met by several Martian ships as well as some Belter ships. They think it's an ambush. They say so much for shooting our way out. However, they get a relay. It's Marco who says, welcome to the free Navy. And this is when he gets to put his big dick out on the table. Okay, Lamborghini Mercy, yo chick she so thirsty. I'm in that two seat Lambo with your girl, she tryna jerk me. Okay, Lamborghini Mercy, yo chick she so thirsty. I'm in that two seat Lambo with your girl, she tryna jerk me. It is definitely effective. I did not know that the actress that plays Kamina Drummer was eight months pregnant during this uh, carriage during this um this scene. That would explain why she had a blanket and was covering up her body. I was like, oh man. Did not know until the after show. Watch it if you have not. 
on Amazon. No, they did not pay me to say that. But this definitely sets Kamina back because she knows she has been snared in a mousetrap. And no matter how much you wiggle, you are in that trap. And your only way of possibly surviving is if someone springs you free. She is then met by the uh, corral on the landing bridge who says, Welcome to the Pella. Give me your whip. Jorah says, What if I refuse? Then she said, You can take your little ships and get on your way, but you will be an enemy. So Drummer gives up her weapon. I like that Oksana and Joseph are deferring to Kamina despite, like, these are her, her lieutenants who are like, We're going to keep her in check, but at the same time, we're worried about her decisions. And they are still standing behind her, though, and not speaking for her. And then she gives up her weapon, and through dialogue, we find out that Black Sky and Golden Bow have pledged tributes, which is exchange of crew, to Marco's ship to solidify their um, faction, their unification. And it's a smart thing to do. Uh, it's been done since uh, Zoda's time. <laughs> very smart way to keep uh peace amongst your enemies because know that the belters did fight each other there were conflicting factions but they also realized that he pretty much has 52 percent of the belt with those two factions alone so their chances of declining this offer are dwindling even further and you can see it playing out on drummer's face as she kind of gets angrier as she realized just the sheer amount of power that he is accumulating she comes in to meet the man and i love the fact that he is standing above her in judgment in much the same way that he himself was brought before her so he is enjoying being the decider of her fate in this moment and he definitely chooses to spare her but if she had been aligned with fred johnson and her previous connection to fred johnson he definitely could have made a case to end her life but kamina's smart and she plays it diplomatic she doesn't lose her temper but she also does not pretend as if there's not bad blood between the two because he says welcome to the Pella she's like no throne <laughs> I love you drummer he says this is a war room she said for a war you started he says for a war I won and she says oh I didn't know earth surrender he brings up Fred and Ashford dying he says they lost fucking Fred got shot in the back bruh how'd they lose anything <laughs> I will say with Ashford yes he lost he tried to attack him and it did not work out for him at the end that's more accurate but Fred then she says that the song that he was singing was not out of fear it was for courage he used to sing it to his daughter while he is surprised to hear it I love the fact that he's so quick to turn everything oh well he died a righteous man or something to that effect <laughs> it's an honorable man and then you have Joseph and Oksana over to the side. Now, this is another thing about reputation why I don't 
I don't trust them. When they came in the room, he was like drummer and associates. Oh no, he didn't. These people are insignificant to him. And I wonder if that is something they care about or not. But they say, hey, we're here to talk business. What about food? How are we going to feed the belt? And you see that Marco actually, that's when he finally comes down off of his high horse and says, that's a good question. I actually have an answer for that in a solution. And he says, here's some numbers from a scientist. You may have known him. He did the agadomes on Ganymede. And I loved <laughs> Kamina's eye roll because it's just enough to get someone like Joseph and Oksana and a great deal of the belt to say okay i can risk for that at least you have somewhat of a plan but also smart enough to know when he says there'll be some lean years like yeah a lot of people are gonna die before there's even a possibility of this actually happening so this is still a chance but a chance that many may have taken but i do like the fact that work anymore of why earth was able to keep their foot on the belters for so long and it is agriculturally as well that they had on earth the nutrients and elements they needed to actually grow food and that is what has kept them being oppressed but now they're able to feed themselves and that is a huge boon in their favor and it definitely satisfies the other two members he says that you know i got some places to be i don't want you to think about this forever but i will allow you to discuss this amongst yourself he then goes back up the plank there is in the after show i learned that there because there was a scene and i didn't know what it meant and i'm glad that i noticed it but it was not as noticeable as other people because <laughs> apparently i pay a lot of attention when i'm watching tv but there's this moment and you could see it where Carrie G to fuck with because her and Keon are really great friends to fuck with him while he's in role he or she bumped her stomach her baby bump up against him and I thought that was hilarious because there was this moment where he, it looked like he was either gonna say something or he was just like what the fuck and they didn't cut it I thought that was funny so they then go to discuss on their ship but before they leave she runs over or she runs into a familiar face and because man it really does look like naomi and marco's son she's like i know exactly who that is and she did not expect him to be the right hand of his father what does that mean and i'm sure more than anyone else that kamina knows many of the details of the relationship that she had with marco one does have to ask though why did marco bring her and her faction into the foe granted she does have a a pretty uh steadfast faction she's building a reputation or has been building a reputation she has a few ships now she has three but he is clearly outgunning those ships what does it mean to get her on his team does he really need to have her or her ships on his team that he has naomi close by 
I sometimes don't know what's in Marco's head and I think that lends credit to the book character that I am used to seeing and it definitely shows in this scene and the latter scene that I'll talk about where I wonder what is his game especially or maybe he just wanted to know where she stood because she makes the comment of I regret my decision of letting you go maybe he thought this was more of an ally but wasn't sure about it because of the past relationship with Naomi but now he knows she's clearly not as on his side as he would prefer an ally to be and maybe that's part of his chess moves and what leads to him putting Corral on his ship but we will get back to that later we check back in with Peaches and Amos I will say I was not a fan of this scene much of the dialogue in this episode by the way was from book to page and I enjoyed it a lot especially with the Amos dialogue however I did not like the way this scene played out it was very apropos of the book but y'all know the scene I'm talking about when Clarissa attacked I'm sure most of the women were just happy because uh Wes Chatham stripped down to his undies (laughs) but I will say there was not much of a plan here he just said um if it goes wrong you can use your mods I don't know if you're gonna work well you know I have faith and then he kind of goes out there exposes himself and I guess he was it played out better in the book because I can hear what Amos was thinking but in this scene it really felt silly it, it just felt like he had no plan he just winged it and then Clarissa came out of nowhere and they did that awful effect that they just did not need to do and I think it would have been just as effective if she just catapulted him out of absolutely nowhere anything would have been preferred and I know what they were going for because this was very out of the book that she was super fast and it's a part of her mods but I don't think it was necessary it didn't need to happen to make the scene effective but we do have West Chatham's bladder with a whole bunch of blood before Peaches passes out, then throws up, and he goes back into this house. And it is definitely the place where you want to be when you are at the end of the world. It's got fire, it's got bikes, it's got medicine, it's got food, <laughs> it's got clothes. Um, but he hears her when she is sleeping. She mutters about monsters put a pen in that we'll get back to that later back on the drummer faction ship they are discussing it amongst themselves with Serge saying hey when the enters come to avenge what has happened being with the biggest mass murderer sounds like it makes sense Michio is the one who is most like fuck this Uh, I don't say we need to join with him he's a bad person and then you have the one guy is his name Bertold he's the one that really breaks it down like I don't know why y'all acting like this is a damn choice it's not we either join him or die but at the same time what he's already accomplished needs to be stated whether we like the guy who's doing it he's still doing it he's going to unite 
a ton of factions he's going to actualize the dream we've been talking about for centuries that fred and anderson dawes they were not able to accomplish and whatever you want to say about what he did to accomplish that he still made that impossibility happen and he's doing it by exercising some strong will and as much as and i love how people debate this and i I do because the moralistic argument and the realistic argument is always a clash and it is how we do learn in the future but it is also the the backbone and foundation which if we were to go out in space or worlds beyond how much can we actually shake can we only mold societies in that and then afterwards try to bring civilization to because one can argue both sides of it like a whole bunch of factions not finding unity that's why you're always fractured that's why you can't accomplish it versus that strong arm that comes in and unifies everyone even if it is through some horrible methods but 10 years down the line if it in fact is successful and does make nationalize your own people would it be worth it and you won't know that until hindsight and i think that's just fascinating arguments to have and many of the leaders in the past that we do say man that was a great leader even flawed as he was because of the fact that he was able to accomplish something that in the end did accomplish some greater good is marco that particular player there is a lot of question mark to that yes i hate the man i would never want this man around but i know why he exists and he exists in every society whether we want to admit that to ourselves or not luckily though we put people in place or the democratic process is put in place to offset those villains with enough of the other side that can preserve that moralistic type of mindset that can be easily dissolved with the more acclimation of power so surge is traded for corral and i am very 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 scared now i love drummer i think she's going to come out of this but i do think there's going to be a bit of a someone's gonna die on uh, in this poly group someone on board something is is gonna go down corral has been a very big character a character we want to be killed so i think drummer could be successful in the end and we take down someone integral to marco's faction but I'm also thinking it's way too early in the game for that particular thing to go down and it could be that drummer finds herself ejected from her tribe because they don't have the same ideals and it could come down to a matter of of some violence I don't know but drummer doesn't know what corral's role is she doesn't know her history she doesn't like we know way more than she does at this point so i'm curious to see these ladies talk and i know naomi's going to be part of that conversation because she's going to pick at wanting to get more information except this isn't just someone this is someone that is who he 
who Marco would send to take care of someone to be spaced because <laughs> she practically said those exact words to him in this episode. Marco was looking weird when they were exchanging goodbyes. Like, why are y'all so close? <laughs> He's like, oh, I hate the idea of tribute, but it's necessary for the unification of our people. But, um, yeah, I'm glad, you know, we'll take good care of your crew. He's not crew. He's family. Oh, okay. Let me introduce you to mine. He's biological. His name's Philip. Philip, this is Kamina Drummer, a patriot and a <clears throat> close friend of your mother before she joined her inners. I was laughing my ass. I don't know if this was meant to be funny, but I was the same, the same way I was laughing at him saying drummer and associate i was dying at this whole entire scene because he was making so many implement like he was trying to burrows the shit out of her like her clothes like he knows or has a feeling that maybe there's more going on but mainly pointing out that naomi left you too for people <laughs> from earth and mars so she didn't even stay with your ass and you're her belser people but unlike marco who's bitter and resentful over it kamina's like and your mother also saved everyone in the belt and beyond with her actions so if she hadn't done so then yeah no um the world wouldn't have been saved so yeah you be petty over there you have philip saying well i would love to hear about that sometime and because this is a patriot he got introduced to it kind of backfires on marco or does it i have so many questions he told drummer tell naomi when you see her what a fine young man he is and she turns to philip and says would you like me to tell your mother anything and philip goes well no i don't need you oh let me look at my daddy and clearly this was so obvious that naomi is here it was so obvious that like i know from the book character but i feel in the show there may be something else happening in this scene because it's almost too obvious and the thing about and the thing i'm learning about marco is that he lets people step into their own shit and naomi is someone that drummer's gonna want to rescue which means she might do something to break the truce like in the way he said, I'll wait for the inners to break the truce. I'll let them play the scapegoat so that when it happens, the turn happens and you get murdered or space like, it's you who put yourself there. And I, that's why I kind of wondered, was that purposeful? Because he didn't get angry at Philip. He didn't even side eye him. The next scene is Philip going to Naomi with a peace offering of some tea. And then him sitting down across for her and asking if she would talk about the behemoth. And then the next scene with Marco is him watching that conversation go down. What is he doing? Is he sending Philip to get information? Is he sending Philip to just sweeten her up, talk to her? She just tried to kill him. That is something that he's not not angry about or doesn't think needs to be addressed. So there's something here that I don't feel lines up with, oh, Philip's just getting a soft heart. It's possible that's true. But I also think 
he be working with his father and i go back to the scene where he says you can feel what you can feel but don't let those emotions rule you we need to accomplish i i I don't know there's just something i am not putting my finger on and i'm wondering if it's because of the book knowledge that i'm kind of shaky and over analyzing these scenes but it feels way too sloppy and then the next transition isn't an address on that sloppiness it is a moment between mother and son and it's not it it, two birds with one stone yeah you want to know about the behemoth you want to know about your mother yeah you can go talk to her and that satisfies you but i also am using this for my own purposes and we see him watching spying on his own family and then he brings up his fleet and we see the check smoka and he sends that it looks like he's sending it on an interception course or will be sending it on an interception course with the rossi chasing after the zemea so what is going to go on with that is he angry about the connection between mother and son because that felt real so there is also that in the back of his mind like whatever is going to go down it's not going to end with naomi (laughs) um diminishing in the eyes of of our child but it still was sweet to see them interacting because i really just want them to interact and be knowing of each other then we end the episode with peaches and with amos i did laugh when she woke did we win (laughs) yeah he's dead and we hit the mother load they exchanged some further dialogue but the part i picked up was her poem about monsters and how monsters are not afraid and that's how she knows that she herself is not a monster um small spoiler i like the throwback to the poetry because she mentioned that in the books at the prison before things went to shit and that is something she did enjoy about prison was her being able to express her thoughts via poetry but this is a callback to amos's whole entire um psyche i think there's been some debate out there about it there's plenty of sociopaths in the world they're not one variety and amos is a particular variety of sociopath lydia put him on the path of people that you are going to essentially i'm not quoting it word for word protect follow and and kill and he knows that that is something he needs to keep him reined in on the good person or having a good life or something those two things adding up for him in the same equation because peaches is trying to put their current actions into perspective like look and that's also a difference between them because she's done monstrous things and she knows that she knows she's not a good person because of that but she's also terrified because of the things that she's done like she has that remorse factor whereas we know from season three that amos hasn't felt fear since he was five years old he cannot differentiate and that is what he needs holden and naomi and even alex to a certain extent to keep him in check 
and she brings up like no we went out of our way to kill this guy yeah he would have killed me at that moment but he wouldn't have i trespassed on his property with the intentions of killing him so if i know that going in whatever he did it still was brought upon by my actions meaning his death was on me and it was for my personal benefit to steal his shit and yes she would not have survived out on the road if they did not do it and that's why she can reconcile that but that's what she's saying like i'm feeling bad about that he needs it to be pointed out to him that that's not great what we just did i mean even the people back in the prison holden would have found the refugee camp and then tried to find or at least reached out to get someone to get help for the people in the prison even if no one had time to go there he at least would have spread the word and did everything he could do whereas amos ain't give them a second damn thought it's the humanistic element of his conscience that is missing it's not and if and if you're a child he feels more of a protective nature around you he has a good grasp and understanding of how the world works but it's how to navigate it and survive it's not how then to be a good person and to live a good life afterwards so him then saying that line of yeah holden wouldn't have approved of that move and then him thinking about it one beat second I need to get back to my crew like this is not i'm on a slippery path here and if i keep slipping i may not be able to be found or redeemed and that's not something he wants as a possibility for his life so love amos love that line can't wait to see where that story or this story is going to go but now they do have transportation so i expect baltimore fairly soon and meeting up with eric and finding some way off of this fucking dying planet that is the end of our episode let's jump into the feedback what up stina it's mimi sending in feedback for the expanse we are on season five episode five and i gotta say this was a really good episode i'm just gonna stick to the way i've been doing feedback going character by character i think that that's probably the best way for me to remember i did write a little bit of notes just because some things had me dying and i jotted something down because i was like i have to bring this up this is too funny um, the first thing I want to talk about is like, uh, I guess we could talk about, I, I want to talk about Peaches and Amos first because I don't know why I'm really enjoying this pairing. She looks pretty shitty. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. She does not look like she's faring well. Um, I know her, I don't know, I don't think it's broken. It's probably a sprain for her hand. Um, but she looks pretty awful. And to be fair though, she didn't look pretty, she didn't look great before the building fell on them. So oh, that probably didn't help. I know that she she's drugged up to keep her uh, modifications from allowing her to escape. So, you know, there's that. But um, I do think though that because I'm starting to get the vibe that they're similar and that must be what triggered Amos to 
you know, want to be there for her or why he feels the way he does. Because the last scene when he said Holden would have never agreed to something like that, and he was like, I need to get to my crew. I think he's realizing that he's slipping back into who he used to be and I'm assuming if he wants to get back to the Rossi he does not like the person he used to be but he's definitely a survivor and um one thing I forgot to mention in my feedback last week because I got interrupted and I and you know I couldn't finish my train of thought but um I was just the way Amos's mind works like I know when we first met him he came across as a brute and I always assumed that Naomi was the brains of the operation whenever they did anything it was her telling him what to do now I'm not saying Naomi isn't smart but she's technologically savvy and she is clearly the I guess the person like in in the galaxy that is the smartest person with technology that is never going to be taken away from her but strategically um well I guess I should, a better way to say that would be strategic thinking and you know being able to use your surroundings to your benefit like that's Amos's territory and I don't I don't know if I just like brushed over it or I never like he's never been given an opportunity to showcase it but I swear I never noticed it in any other season how his mind works like Amos is way smarter than I don't I think I've ever given him credit for now I know he, he a hottie with a body and I've always known he was fine and that scene where he took his clothes off I was like yes make him strip please take them underwear off you don't need you might be holding something in there it looks like a gun in there to me I'm gonna need to see proof that that ain't a gun take them off so I was pretty disappointed that they didn't let him take off everything because lord oh my god that man is fine and he can get it all of my panties all of them I would throw them at him shoot given the opportunity I shoot my shot I know that man married with kids but you never know (laughs) mango would be target trash about me whatever he can always say no if he say yes hey that's that's his problem not mine because I have a list and that man is on it because he's fine as hell anyway back to what I was saying I just think that he's you know I guess you can even call it a he's always been a survivor so maybe that has something to do with it but just like you know seeing that old man in the forest you know he could have easily been exactly what Amos suspects him to be because if watching the walking dead has taught me anything trust is not something you can just uh, hand out when it's an apocalyptic apocalyptic kind of situation because human beings are trash look at what the hell's going on right now <laughs> in america got all of the other countries looking at us like we the ghetto like ooh, these ooh, child these, they ghetto as hell over there in america let's sit let's mind our business like i just i can't even understand like what would happen if the the very fragile society that we already have just crumbled it would be a hot mess because the way people acted now and we still apparently have some you know resemblance of a society (laughs) if all hell broke loose you know 
damn well shit would hit the fan and i know people like there's people that are like all like no i don't need a gun i'm starting to think maybe i need to go get one because unlike these fools i i don't have a criminal background i would be able to get a license i might need to arm myself because i'm really concerned with the way this world is going the zombie apocalypse could hit any moment and who knows what kind of shenanigans we could be you know maybe the the rona is really the way the um walking dead happened we don't know just saying um so he is not wrong for his suspicion um i am actually pretty surprised that they like with the plan that they had i don't know why i wasn't expecting um peaches to go off the way she did i mean granted she passed out and vomited everywhere and she looked half dead but i mean it worked now they got a whole ass cabin with food and transportation warm clothes i mean i agree that they're bad people pretending to be good because i mean even if the man is not a nice person that doesn't give you the right to kill him and take his shit like that's his stuff and granted i i would agree that you know he needed his ass whooped for his oh i'm gonna just commandeer this shit because i don't need you i just wanted to make sure you didn't have a weapon now i'm gonna kill you i mean amos took a gamble the guy could have easily been like okay we'll come in let's see what we can do and it sounds like they were planning on a kill him anyway so yeah i agree <laughs> bad y'all bad people think that think y'all good you know and i can't say whether that's a wrong way to think or right way to think because i mean survival is survival you know you gotta do what you gotta do you know humans are violent <laughs> and sometimes you gotta get violent or you're gonna be dead um and that i feel like that's a good transition into my other topic was kamina because as soon as they stepped on that ship and corral was like you know you can you can leave if you don't want to give me your weapon but then you're gonna be one of our enemies like bitch so you telling me i don't have a choice so i gotta get my ass on here or i'm gonna be going against the belters and the innards like that's hold that ain't no choice um so i was actually pretty happy that that one guy was like you know marcos is acting like marco i keep calling him marcos because I don't know a person named Marco. It usually has an S. And I know black people add S's on stuff that don't need to be. But the people I know, they name really is Marcos. Because <laughs> they're Hispanic. <laughs> um, so I got to remember Marco. Anyway, he was saying it like they had a choice. And I was like really happy that one guy was like, but we know we don't. It's like either we can join like we either join them or we die like those are our two options the earthers or i mean I, i'm assuming mars too like they're not gonna just be oh well technically you didn't do it and you're telling me i'm you're not with marco so i'm gonna believe you like they're absolutely right if they've been killing y'all for less you know they're gonna kill you for this millions of people died so he was not wrong like i hate that they were put in that position but they really didn't have a choice and at least now you're with your people and it sounds like marco has a plan for the soil and the food and it's like things like that when i hear these stories makes me realize like 
for real like this is why they're re- rebelling and and it's a revolution like y'all brought this on yourselves like humanity didn't learn nothing from slavery it sounds like the future earthers are just as like the you know americans it sounds like we suck and we just don't learn a lesson like history just constantly repeats itself over and over again and i think america is the worst with it we are the absolute worst and every time we keep as we keep going further in these stories like i feel like it's a reflection of what we're experiencing in real life and i can't help but feel like if this was if i was in the expanse i would be a fucking belter and i don't agree with the murder that marcos does but everything he says like let's not put into (laughs) let's not talk about him as a human being because he is not a very nice person (laughs) and he's clearly narcissistic and he has some type of personality disorder where he thinks the world shines and revolves around his asshole and that's not we're not going to talk about that but what he's saying is legit facts and that is how he is able to get all of those hundred passions to become one because he's not wrong like he's he's not how he's going about it is not right it's just inhumane and it's evil and i understand what naomi is saying but anytime anybody anywhere i mean granted you know i don't know what year it is and i know we're on mars now and earth is different blah 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 blah. but i'm talking about history whenever there was any kind of change it was violence people died a lot of people died and it was going it was an all-out war <laughs> like that's just how humanity is like i remember someone saying i re- read something somewhere where a person was talking about you know fetishizing fetish people have fetishes for black men oh my god I don't know words I drank too much right before I started watching this show and clearly I'm still a little drunk but and someone's like well I think that's a great idea if we were all mixed if the races just all mixed together people couldn't hate on each other I was like you must not know how humans are because we would find some reason to not like each other if everybody was everything and there wasn't even you couldn't even clear cut put a race on people because everybody was so mixed we would just find some maybe we hate curly people curly people people with curly hair or you know what your highlights aren't like mine that you're a bitch and I fucking hate you we would find something because humans suck and we just can't ever get along and that's just the bottom line so I mean something like this is inevitable and I get Naomi being like butthurt that her son is just like her um baby daddy but I mean he's selling some really good points and it's hard not to listen to him this fool got me drinking the kool-aid and I can see him for who he is I see what Naomi sees speaking of which let me uh go back because I had to put this in quotes because I was like damn Naomi I can't oh my god like she just in a sentence said exactly how I've been feeling about Marco this whole time she said he wouldn't die for you but he let you die for him and I was like wow facts girl facts speaking of Marco I <laughs> I don't know what it is about that scene 
with him and sin, but I died. Do you hear me? I died. I laughed so hard. It was so funny. He was like, we're going to, um, what do they call it? Space her. And sin was like, but it's Naomi. And he was like, he was like, why don't you do it? And Marco looked at him and I was like, uh, uh, oh, they about to go, they about to go at it. And I think he remembered himself. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> unless you think you can make me. <laughs> when I tell you, I had to, I watched that scene like four times because it was hilarious. He's like, maybe I finally got old enough. And you can see Marco like weighing his options. It was so funny. And then when they got into the, um, when him, when Sin and, um, Philip got in the elevator he was like I've never seen you guys like that I've never seen it come like you guys look like you were coming to blows and then Sam was like it's happened before and then I was like that's how Marco knew like nah he gonna beat my ass <laughs> so I like that scene was so funny to me because it gave me I don't know if it was just me but it gave me such a understanding of the relationship between Sid and Marco like it was so funny because he like the way everybody like it's like the the regular scratch like <laughs> everybody stopped and looked was and said why don't you do it like it i don't think anybody said him like that that shit was so funny like i oh i could not stop laughing and even now thinking about it that was probably my favorite scene of this entire series <laughs> it was great Oh, even Philip was like, what? <laughs> uh, but I, I do, I do love that scene for more than just the, the dialogue. Everyone that acted in it was really good. The facial expressions that the, the actor that played Marco make, like, it, it just looked like his, like, like his calm, like his, it seems like he's always trying to elude coolness and that shit cracked and it was, it was great um speaking of marco i gotta talk about corral because i know you told us that sh that's a, a gender bent character used to be a guy so i have a question just like was the relationship between the male version of corral and naomi was it strained because i gotta tell you to me as an outsider just only never reading the book and seeing this that girl hates naomi she hates her guts and when you were talking about you know was she you know into marco and i'm thinking like maybe her and Naomi, like because i'm thinking about girls how we are maybe her and naomi were besties and she was like oh you know what naomi marco is so fine i think i'm gonna go for it and then naomi was like bitch you thought already smashing that and then like now she fucking hates her because you know i mean it seems like belters is like into free love so maybe she is smashing him now but she's still mad like bitch you took him from me and then you had a baby and left like how dare you like maybe she's just holding on to a grudge but i personally need that backstory if they're gonna give us backstories i'm gonna need that because i need to know why this chick hates naomi she hates her guts because she was like next time if you want it done you should ask me and i i felt that i was like she really hate her guts <laughs> she hates naomi and it's hilarious <laughs> I just need to know why. Um, and then I love the end scene when Philip went in there to talk to Naomi about the Bohemoth. Um, I can't, couldn't tell what um, 
off. What's his name? Marco was doing, but he did not look happy to see that his son was in there with her <laughs> and they were bonding because he gave her some something. I'm assuming some soup or some food or just something to drink or something. He was not happy about that. Um, just briefly, I'm going to talk about uh, what is her name? Bobby and Alex. I still don't know what the hell they're doing. I know that that was a Belcher ship and they blew it up. But I thought they were like trapped in like Epstein Drive. So I don't even understand. I don't understand what happened. <sighs> and if I'm being honest, I don't care. I don't. I don't really care about their storyline. And um, Monica going on the ship with Holden. I don't know why I just assumed that was going to happen. So that wasn't a surprise. I am curious to know how they like Naomi isn't around. And the smart girl was a traitor. So how did they get that program off the Rossi? I'm going to need some answers. And I don't know if they talked about it. I just missed it. I'm not sure. So uh, maybe your podcast will help. But I think that's all I have. I went way over 10 minutes. My bad. But this episode was really good. I am loving this season. I'm with the both of you and Shy. This is definitely the best season so far. Like it is on like every episode on point and i'm gonna need y'all to stop putting talking about the episode the second after it drops on the group chat y'all need to be a private messenger because y'all know that i'm at work and i can't watch it until wednesday so it's real trife that y'all just gonna go in and you were like we didn't really do anything you know what you're not gonna be i'm not gonna allow you christina to say what's a spoiler because you have a whole concept called minor spoilers minor to who you can't why are you the person to determine what's a spoiler and what what's a real spoiler and what's a minor a spoiler is a spoiler you ever think of that ma'am i don't think you have anywho um so i'm gonna end it here until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch mimi out i am dying what do you mean talk about minor to who <laughs> what that is minor it's more like you know it doesn't affect anything if you knew this tiny tad bit like the question you asked is carl this hostile in the book see that's a minor spoiler so how you gonna come at me for what you already asking me to do and we didn't spoil anything. All we said was, this really good episode. Oh my goodness. And then, you know, all this stuff with Naomi. And ooh, that's so good. But that was, this is blanketed statements, okay? Just because you on the salt team bus does not mean <laughs> that we should not <laughs> rub it in your face. Um, I wrote some notes down this time as I was listening and I did at some point go this feels really long <laughs> I was like this feels longer than normal not anything bad just normal than no, no uh longer than normal so I'm glad you pointed out it was over 10 minutes because I honestly I tell y'all I never really check I just say that <laughs> and y'all do what you want <laughs> I'm used to it Alrighty, starting with um should i move backwards or go forwards from where i start writing down some chicken scratch uh amos wanted to what did i write down 
oh he wanted to strip naked so if you watched um the after show on amazon he was talking to jeff and at the time because if you didn't read the books you wouldn't have known what he was talking about he said it very cryptically and he says yeah there's a particular scene i wanted to strip completely naked but the director was like yeah no you need to keep your fucking clothes on clearly you want to take your clothes off and this was the scene in which he was referencing so i got a chuckle out of that both amos and naomi though are survivors i like what you were saying about you know he is smarter than you thought he was i definitely knew amos he's the guy you want when shit goes terrible absolutely i never coincided that necessarily with his intelligence i think that he is on a certain level intelligent but it comes with a like street smarts he's not book smarts in a sense but that doesn't mean he's quote stupid and i think there there are different levels of knowledge and you don't need to read voltaire (laughs) to make it through an apocalypse so that's why amos is built for this shit while everyone else is catching up however when it came to the naomi and amos relationship i think how it was portrayed in the first season still sticks with a lot of people and may have some and if not you uh i don't think you have the same um the same issue but the whole you know he only does what naomi says and i think that was only true to a certain extent it wasn't he didn't just do what Naomi says he had a tendency to side with her in decisions that he necessarily would not know if it was the right or wrong decision to make that's not to say he did not have his own mind or opinions when it came to making decisions for a group of people in areas that he did not excel at like fixing the the comm array on the ship that's an engineering and i think you said that he is uh he's good at what was the word you used you didn't say mechanics but you said something to that effect he is actually a mechanic and has a good knack for that and then naomi is an engineer and has more of a four-dimensional thinking when he said the line she isn't the person i thought she was in his mind he put naomi on a bit of a pedestal because he never knew about her past they never discussed that they just had a bond on the canterbury where you could tell they came from the same type of childhood in a certain aspect not the same exactly but I think I mentioned it previously, they had different levels of abuse. While, you know, he had physical abuse and psychological abuse, she also had uh, been mentally abused. Um, her situation was not great. I think she discussed that in season four about how we had to live in like tiny little boxes <laughs> with a little bit of air like she didn't grow up like in in a cushy environment 
or an environment that was in any way privileged she went through the turn as well and i think he has an appreciation for people that that went through the turn with him and i think that's why they became so close they just happened to meet around the same time when he escaped baltimore and then when she just happened to escape her bad past so it kind of synced up that they were on the same wavelength mentally um and i think that's why their journeys kind of were more the explosive ones in in this uh season or are the more explosive ones in this season because from where they started it was not a great place <laughs> alex didn't he left a good thing and just was selfish but naomi and amos were definitely escaping literally their past and that's what i like most about the characters but she helped him in the moralistic category but it didn't mean and i think she even mentions that he's not my dog <laughs> just because he listens to me doesn't mean that he doesn't have a will of his own or that he you know he just was someone who looked up to her but he also put her on a pedestal and i think that's something he had to reconcile a little later on and i think for him jim also is one of those people that are that really does have that white knight glow about him <laughs> that he sees as a little bit higher but to, the best way to describe it is if you had to and i know the show doesn't make it nearly as explicit but it's basically like naomi and jim are the parents and um alex and amos are the children in the book it, it comes off way more uh transparently but that is how the dynamic is so it's not even that he because i heard a comment like oh he traded naomi for holden no that's not actually what he did at all he sees them still equally as the people uh that he most looks up to as far as the guiding of moralistic behavior even if it's a slippery slide he knows that they're always really trying to do the right thing they also both have done some criminal shit that's gotten a lot of people killed <laughs> but amos is very skilled in what he is able to do that's why his mechanics came into play and he was able to understand the infrastructure of the prison and know that there was um you know a ladder behind where the elevator was all those things are in his wheelhouse he he tears buildings apart in his mind he's always thinking about how to survive you talked about buying a gun now you sound like my sister <laughs> i i hey do what you need to do rona calls the walking dead the things that come out of mouths of babes <laughs> and then you were talking about the mods that reminded me of a con the conversation she had with amos about the fact that he's like that's a shitty design she's like yeah um i didn't it, it's a backdoor design so it explains why she gets so sick afterwards is that she has a pretty shitty like she got that shit done on the black market and thus has much more issues and it's much more problematic when she uses her her modifications 
Girl, everybody says Marcos. I have seen so many reactions and they it's just ingrained. And maybe he just looks Hispanic. So people think Marcos. But it, yes, Marco, I have to even remind myself, is his name. And what the fuck you mean? We would, we are the belters, man. We would be the belters. We're the belters. That's why we sitting over on the side looking at Marco like, you motherfucking crazy, but he got points. I mean, he got points. <laughs> and then you talking about history repeating itself and perspective. Girl, that's why I love history. That's why I love it. And now you're becoming a cynic just like me. Watching TV has has finally gotten you to the place where I'm cynical, but I got it from actual documentaries. <laughs> hey, we, we still got here though. Yeah, it is very cynical how we're thinking. And I was mentioning that earlier in the podcast about how inevitable these types of tides are and how it is. But it doesn't mean it's how it should continue to be. Like, have we learned from those lessons? One would think so, since we're still not trying to annihilate each other. So as much as, yes, that is a point, and yeah, we're cynically right to adapt that type of philosophy when looking at the span of mankind. But the span of mankind is rather a blip on the scale of the entire galaxy and universe. So what do we really know except a a tiny fiber so maybe there will be an idealism eventually where look this is not going to be our particular well actually one would say we have gotten into the point where okay let's just not set off nuclear bombs on other people or a whole bunch of tear gas that's made of shit that will fuck you up for life we're not using chemical warfare we're not doing some of the very very awful shit we've done in the past at some point yes humanity is not perfect but we have taken many leaps and bounds than the place where we are so there is argument for the optimism to the cynical points that make the conversation of those people standing up being like yeah but did we need to do it this way we couldn't have been a little bit more patient because just because it's not going to happen for my generation doesn't mean it's not going to happen for my children fred was building something medina station was boom times at medina station (laughs) was there no other way i mean we did have the proto molecule Fred did have a weapon, right? To cement that. So that is telling the cynics, you're right. Things need to be, you need to come from a place of power. If you mean to accomplish or or grab some, especially on a national type of level. It's got to be some extinctual type shit. However, uh, Marco said, I don't like you in charge because you're an earther. And then when you go back to Tycho Station and back to our cynical side, you got Bull running around making all types of racist types of fucking statements and you realize, well, shit, y'all commercializing. This is all for you. We still at the fucking bottom. When does it end? When do we actually get to be in charge? So great uh, insight there. 
I love the line from Marco to Drummer. We are at war. They, we were always at war. They were killing us slowly. I mean, damn. That's that's the type of lines where you're you mad because it's like I want to say you're wrong, but you're not. And the fact that Marco has hijacked this very righteous cause with his zealot, obsessive personality narcissistic as well which i think we've mentioned that's the tragedy not the cause the man who's who is uh who's in charge of the cause and while drummer had issues with how fred did it she also reconciled which is why she sent that message to him that he will make the sacrifices necessary but she could not be a part of that because it was her people she's too personal to it and then I want you to see this episode of Rick and Morty because you were bringing up about how humanity, I'm rubbing off on you because I know I've said this before, um, will find a way to fight. Doesn't matter what it is. And I always tell my mom like, oh, it's, it's race here. But, you know, you go across the ocean, it's religion. You go certain areas, it's, it's sexuality. I mean, th- there's a lot of infighting everywhere everyone has their particular shit that's just what humans are in a way um humans like to believe we're not animalistic but we are and if you go into animals they're they're predatory as well as um as other aspects of their you know their life and they also could be very tribal so i think that when you have a society in which there is one issue and you eradicate that issue there's still the probability of an another emerging issue case in point this episode of rick and morty called uh is it sexual assimilation what the hell is like something is bumping i can't hear i don't know what it is but they basically go to a planet where this woman she assimilates the she takes over the whole entire race under one consciousness so no one has any actual independence but she uses them under that one mindset uh to build a wonderful society and everyone's great but summer is complaining that everyone has lost their individuality and then she it gets to a point where they are given back their freedom and they have a chance to start over and and unify and yet they start to um since they all look the same right i think they were all blue or something something to that effect but it all it all boiled down to nipples (laughs) like one person's nipple was different from another person's nipple and then even if summer they were like well we have regular nipples these people have no nipples so then everyone turned against them it's just a really great episode of rick and morty i suggest you watch it because it sums up everything you were saying about how humanity is obeying to its own self yes that sin scene was everything and yeah they definitely scrapped they have scrapped in the past and he stood there that entire time did not fucking move and then you had marco look at him like oh you still here 
oh i thought i forgot about you like the way he just tries to dismiss him but since like yeah you you think like we both know what's really happening here i'm gonna let you show keep face but let's not act like i haven't beat the living shit out of you in the fucking past and he is kind of like a a fatherly figure he's definitely older and we know that belters do not live to be very old so he's someone that is to be respected i will talk a little bit in the book section about some of my feelings about this particular scene but Corral, did she hate or he hate naomi in the books like this now this is the part that i do miss about the books is Carl and them they're they're resentful against her but she's family so but i also have to say naomi's a different character and the way in which marco portrayed naomi during and after their relationship is a little bit different too so the hostility definitely feels more like what you were saying it because i was thinking the same thing like are they currently fucking is this why she gender bent are we bringing in the factor of a, a drummer slash corral type of thing um and, and yeah family means everything to the belters they once you have an affinity with someone and you've crewed with them that is that's pretty much sacred uh i, I don't yeah it, it's basically like and i think that's why she said it like you talk all this shit marco but you ain't gonna space her like if you really want her I but that's to me that's another and i guess that's why i have to also talk about book spoilers because Carol also would not say what she just said to marco like that would not go down in the books so on one hand <laughs> on one hand yes it, it's not the same resentment but on the other hand it wouldn't be that the resentment to this level and i'm wondering in some aspects it's that a twofold way of marco handling a problem and also not a problem because carl can kill drummer but drummer is not clearly her reputation's up there she ain't nothing to be not fucked with so drummer could kill corral and that's someone he may lose but it's someone he also finds expendable which i find is interesting considering she's the only one that would have space naomi so there's a lot of play that i would love to see the backstory man they really teasing us on this fucking backstory now i'm not thinking i'm not gonna get as much i'm just gonna be blue balled about this backstory which is why ty and abraham need to just go ahead it's a ty and abraham am i fucking ty frantic yes no i i feel like i'd be saying their names wrong but they need to go ahead and do a novella telling me the whole entire backstory of naomi <laughs> and how she met marco and the whole sin thing because i need it stat the whole story i only got so much and i know a lot more than even mimi knows i like the fact that you brought in that there is clearly because someone else brought this up as well i didn't notice it quite but that there might be something additionally going on with um with marco and how he perceives the world like he's a little off someone said he might be bipolar i don't i don't i don't see that 
but I could definitely see him having a much more sadistic that diabolical word is what I was looking for streak to his moves and counter moves and maybe book readers are willing are ready to be impressed by that but I feel like casual viewers are like nah he's good uh, they're loving his performance so I'm of two minds about it but clearly he would not have spaced Naomi even though she tried to kill him and I think that also like a softness there why would there be a softness for someone who is in all intents and purposes your enemy a lot to discuss there further that I hope we see in the next few episodes I think that covered everything that you were discussing um if there's a backstory Carl is definitely and more than a little aware that she is nothing but a replacement and she ain't never gonna be <laughs> as good as the original version <sighs> there's this scene I'm looking forward to and I wonder if we don't get it and it involves Marco with no shirt on and that's all I will say see sometimes I can give you information and it might tantalize a possible future experience but if it doesn't I just gave you some blue balls that made you want to read the book two birds one stone that should be this episode title let's hear what shy has to say hey Christina it's me shy I am here to give my thoughts and feelings on the expanse uh, I believe episode five um yeah it's been a crazy couple of days it's been a long long couple of days for me um yeah so excuse me if I'm <laughs> sound a little bit tired um because I am um yeah between work and the craziness of our country yes um a lot to take in so anyways don't want to waste time talking about that um and we have an amazing episode to talk about so i'll get to it so as usual i didn't take any notes so and i watched it as i'm sure you're aware tuesday night and it's now thursday evening and so i'm gonna have to rely on my memory because i did not get an opportunity to rewatch um rewatch the episode which i will do but anyway that's neither here nor there so I will start off by just going through the characters that seem to be the easiest way to, as always, to do it. Um, and we got Amos and Peaches, or Clarissa, as her name is. Um, they decide to trick across wherever they were. I still don't know where they were, but they're going to walk to Baltimore. <laughs> um, to... I guess because you know Amos has his connection so he feels like he can figure out figure things out from there and I'm still like kind of like I'm trying to orientate myself and I'm not sure if they um showed it but I'm like so like what part of the what part of earth has been you know is destroyed and what part is fine and you know so I'm still kind of confused about um I mean I hear them talking about it but I'm just not seeing much of anything. And I would think that since that um, penitentiary was destroyed, that there would be more destruction um, as they were, you know, going towards, you know, where they were going. But it's like, you know, there's trees and livelihood. I'm like, so I'm not understanding 
like exactly what was affected by um, the asteroids or the rocks that hit the earth and I mean I can't imagine that Amos and Clarissa went that far they're walking so oh uh, yeah I'm just kind of confused as like what what was destroyed like what how I'm not getting that feel of you know <clears throat> I'm I'm not getting enough of that feel like you know things were destroyed and um you know half the world is underwater or whatever I don't know because it doesn't look like it so <clears throat> that's the only thing I will say about that um and so yes yeah, so uh, and I forgot <laughs> Clarissa's powers or peaches I forgot her powers because you know she took me by surprise um when we uh got the amazing scene of Amos uh stripping <laughs> And um, she came at that dude like, I don't know. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it, I'm sure, I mean, it wasn't funny, but at the same time, it was funny. Uh, I mean, it wasn't meant to be funny, but it was funny. I cracked up, sorry. Um, but yeah, so um, that was interesting, you know, and I loved how, um, which I'm excited about, like, you know, I was hoping and I'm sure, I mean, of course, they're going to all start converging or getting together somehow I guess um but I loved I wonder if that's gonna be the cliffhanger that they don't quite get together till like the end of the season anyway so uh see the hair there but um you know I like how uh, he's feeling like he needs his family like he's um like he's falling I, I mean I'm I know I'm trying to think of the right word to say like um he's making these choices and he's reverting back to old way of thinking old way of feeling I guess and he's not wanting that so he's um you know so he's you know start he's now he's thinking about wanting to be um back with his um Rossi family which I thought was cute and you know and I'm starting to like you know him and Clarissa's little chemistry and what they got going on so you know I don't know what happens to them you know all that good stuff but I'm gonna enjoy what's going on now so um I don't think I was a fan before um because I don't remember being a fan of the two of them but I, I, I like the little thing they got going on um and yes we got some Naomi and yes Christina you had me in my feelings I was as you know I was not happy when I thought I was gonna get no Naomi because this is my favorite this is my favorite storyline it's her storyline and what's going on with Marcos and Philippe okay Philip but <laughs> but yeah so this is my favorite storyline I mean I'm really invested in you know knowing what's going on and what's going to happen and all that good stuff um so yeah and I can see I'm starting in in this cute you know and to see that um, Philip really wants to know his mom he really wants that connection you know he was angry yeah, first, but I think again, like I was talking about before in my previous feedback, you know, because of the way Marcos raised him, I mean, there was not a lot of love and affection in that. You know, he raised him to be the heir apparent, he raised him a certain way, and he's a, you know, and one of the things that we're starting to see, um, and the frustrations for Marcos is there's some Naomi in him you know there's this need for connection with his mother there's this need for that and um on his part um however that goes um uh, we'll see but um 
that's you know it's good to see and you know marcos is you know understanding that and i'm wondering how he's going to use that or abuse that or you know use it to his advantage um because i know it's coming but um yeah then we got drummer so we got i figured we would get drummer back in this episode and yeah and i I, and i figured that her crew would you know feel like you know going along with marcos was a lesser of all the evils and of course you know it's like one of those things where they you you get the illusion of and then that one of the guys even said that it's the illusion of having a choice but do you really have a choice do you really have a choice of whether or not you want to join because uh, you know obviously marcos feels like if you're not you know if you're not with him you're against him so if you're not going to be with the you know movement with the um with their cause then you you know and uh, he basically said that so not much of a choice (laughs) but you know we'll pretend like he gave them a choice and then of course you know they um the black girl man i can't even remember her name oh i don't like her anyways um she they ended up having the trade so i guess he's needs a spy to make sure to keep tabs on them and she'll definitely do it because she is definitely uh a marco stan so um she'll keep him informed of any shenanigans because you know marcos is not stupid he knows drummer can't stand him and know that drummer is uh might do something on this on the down low to um compromise what he has going on but uh yes but you did peep that um um philip inadvertently or maybe unintentionally (laughs) let her know that naomi was there so mm -hmm. so that's gonna be interesting uh again i feel like you know she's gonna be a part of helping out in rescuing naomi and maybe philip would be a part of that too and anyone else thought that sin was was gonna meet his maker after he confronted marcos like that because i was like oh gosh is he gonna have him killed um so i mean that still might happen but he let it go this time so we'll see what happens with that um we got a little bit of holden and this one not too much i mean you can see that he's worried about naomi and um i'm trying to um i don't remember i guess obviously they wouldn't have showed it to us her leaving him a message so i'm very curious about that message she left him so i was hoping we would hear it this episode but of course they leave us hanging until um the next one um you can see how like as i'm talking i'm getting excited like my tired it's like this show just gets me man i'm just i'm just all in on this show i already said this is my favorite season um and it just hasn't let me down yet um i am enjoying every episode i'm looking forward to the next episode i'm on one part frustrated and another part excited about um the fact that we only get one episode at a time each week um but yeah and then we have um christian um so you know she's still in her feelings her husband hasn't reached out so i'm thinking that i mean i'm like to think that i mean he wouldn't do that to her so i'm hoping that he's not exactly dead but it's just that communication 
It's just, you know, not to the point where he can reach out. So that's what I'm hoping. I mean, I'm glad that her daughter and grandchildren made it out. Um, so that's good. So we, we got that part um, understood or cleared up. But yeah, um, I'm kind of holding out hope that her husband is fine. It's just that obviously with everything that went on um, with the rocks, that you know communication is just down for the time being. I don't know. I think that's basically it. Um, oh yeah, uh, Bobby and um, and um, Alex. So yes, they managed to. I'm not exactly sure what they were doing. <laughs> um, I guess you know the people that were chasing them. They you know were able to escape those people, and so um, interested in where they end up going. And how 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 all this starts to tie in because Holden is out there, um, searching, doing what I'm assuming searching for Naomi or searching for Marcos. I don't know. I'm not sure where it, they because they had one mission and now they know what's going on with Naomi and Marcos. So um, I'm thinking that they're converging on that. And then we got Alex and Bobby out there wherever they're going. You got Amos, you know, wanting to reconnect um, with. Um, his family and so yeah um so next episode should be very interesting and we'll start i guess seeing all the pieces um tie together and you know pulling them back towards one another um so very excited about that and um yeah i'm very curious about what um marcos like i don't know what he was like he when he was at that um the, the council he was looking at something like like it was like an arrow or you know pointing towards something so I'm very curious about what that was about I don't know if that was mentioned if I missed it um of course again um sometimes I need to watch these episodes twice to catch things so I might have missed it so but on that note I think I will leave it at that um I've rambled on long enough so until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy that was queen shy with her thoughts and feelings on the episode so it sounds like we are all on board this one's awesome and this season is in itself awesome i'm still really mourning the fact there's only four episodes I don't know and I forgot to put that out there this whole drummer shit is not in the book so I have no idea I'm when I'm making suppositions about what I think will happen I'm really just making supposition I have no idea how this is gonna pan out which is why I am saying I'm really kind of (laughs) concerned that Marco may show his ass before the end of the season with y'all keep thinking that it was just these rocks and i ain't been planning this shit for a whole ass time and y'all need to understand that this plan is much bigger than what we are showing you and i think at the end they're going to pan out to the audience and give them that feeling that you say you're missing of like what's happening how big is the devastation they're waiting for it to coincide with the fact that marco is literally and it's still the first like two days that's another part that i think would it is a little bit out of context 
in the show um but something to keep in mind we're not gonna see nearly as much going all around because someone else said well what's happening on mars and what's this some of it we're not it's it hasn't happened yet the the true fallout people are still in shock um i think we are whatever is leading up to we will get to the martian stuff with bobby and with alex and that's going to make sense because i'll i'll go into my predictions based on some book knowledge in the spoiler section but i do think that and i trust because the writers of the books are the same writers in the show or executive producers i believe but they're also in the writer's room that they are going to tie it back to the source material so i I see where some of the things may feel like loose ends, like with the whole Bobby and Alex thing. I think Mimi's like, honestly, I don't care. <laughs> I I do care about that storyline, um, even though it's not the most action packed. But they did give us our action scene of the episode and the one that actually worked because the Peaches one did not. I enjoyed that a lot and just seeing Bobby in a suit and doing some cool space shit because that is a tie-in and it is an important part because from what we see wherever they were at clearly marcos marcos now you got me doing it marco was there his fleet left he is getting martian ships what does that mean is did she spot where marcos or they spot where marcos may be hiding out and that's important information to bring back I think we're definitely going to see more. And that's also a supposition. I don't know. Because um, that's a different from the books as well. So they're giving us enough where we as book readers can still be like, well, how are they going to pull this off? How What is going to go on with this? Because now it's changed. Um, so I'm, I'm curious. But yeah, that, that huge moment of dread, I think that's going to, it, it's still in the, in the after effect moments where everyone hasn't had a chance to really except for naomi tay like like peaches and amos they don't even know it's more than one rock like they don't even have the four full fucking story <laughs> so i think they are gonna learn or when they learn on earth is when the audience is gonna learn and then maybe that'll be also the same same uh time that christian learns so I like the fact that they are making the audience follow in real time the characters. That's why we haven't gotten that big momentous, well, what does it all mean, Basil? What does it all mean for the audience to understand the full effect of the threat in which Marco proposes? And I think they are slowly putting those little nuggets in there. He's got 52 per at least 51% of the belt on his side with two factions. He's consolidating his power. He has way more might behind him than anyone suspected. And they cannot fight back against him even if they wanted to. Um, he we know that he tried to take out Tycho Station. What about Ceres? There's a lot more other places in the belt. There's another big card, wild card that's being left unsaid, but I think all of that's gonna come. And we're gonna get the full scale of just how much Marco has indeed ushered in a new wave of politics for the belt. And that's why I think they killed 
Fred Johnson, to be quite frank, because this needs to be a dominating type of situation. And then it needs to emerge on the other side. And, and I'm kind of just making vague references at this point, because <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything. It has a purpose. It has a point. But the real time, I, I really enjoy that. I think some of the points um, that I was mentioning in the episode is to showcase the damage that's being done. But Amos and Clar- and I'm going to say Clarissa because it is P- Clarissa and Pe- Peaches. They were in an isolated area far away from civilization as it were on this maximum security prison. So they've walked far but they don't necessarily say how far. Maybe some 20 to 40 kilometers possibly where some of these people would travel to a nearby town but that's not they felt so this is not the the direct place of where it hit they felt the aftershock of where it hit in philadelphia so philadelphia is close to baltimore and he maybe went 24 hours because it was the next day so that train they're they're not that far but they're far enough away I feel like it was much further in the books because they don't say where they were and and that's why I think they tried to make it closer because in the books I think they were much further away and it was much more of a journey but they made it definitely within walking type of distance but it's still going to take some time on foot you're thinking Baltimore like eight hours uh, being sneaky on the back roads and not trying to get caught also is a factor into that I think the closer they get to the city you'll start to see more of the actual true effects and then they will start to get the dawning sensation of how fucked earth really is and after effects they don't happen like we me imagine a rock hitting and then you have that massive explosion and then all the particles they go up into the atmosphere and that's your first indication that's not great which they mention um that the the sun is actually the well she thinks it's the moon but it's the sun um so we don't have actual life penetrating um penetrating those areas and when you cannot get sunlight a lot of shit happens which means that it gets colder you drop those temperatures those temperatures keep dropping there's no sunlight yeah that's a that's a problem then you have food supplies that's also a problem like it hasn't hit those levels yet i'm sure in some places they are hip to it then you have the fact that baltimore is close to a port they mentioned about the shock wave that hit uh the shock wave so big that it reached um the because it is from different directions so that's also what you wanted to know where did the rocks hit they hit in defar in africa and then another rock hit in asia so three rocks around the globe all of that pollution in the air all of that changed weather it's going to be like you remember chernobyl yeah we watched it together remember after chernobyl you had that the nuclear reaction right and it didn't really seem like much (laughs) and then when they're sitting at the meeting at the debriefing and then you're like so if this happens it's gonna do this this and it'll be half a slokabania and then oh okay and in 10 years no one will have to live here and so once we get to that part we'll realize as an audience without spending all of the the disaster movie budget that earth is fucked 
I think a lot of people are like, well, I don't know how it's fucked. In, in case you're wondering, it's fucked. One asteroid killed the dinosaurs and started the Ice Age. <laughs> we had three. All right? It's fucked. It's not great. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> he knows exactly what he's done, and it's going to take a fucking miracle and a long-ass generational period to fix the damage. Marco has changed the game. It's, it's changed. I know it feels in a lot of ways, because I know that's one of the book readers' complaints, is that it doesn't feel as big as it should be, maybe to some people, but if you're really who understands how environment and shit works, you're like, nice. Nah, it's, it's not great. It's only going to get worse. And they did say that in the news story. Like, oh, it's already millions of deaths, but it's only going to get worse, which means it's going to turn up to billions very quickly. Um, another question you had asked, uh, is Arjun dead? Curious, very curious. That's all I can say. Um, I will say they did also mention that half of Midtown or Manhattan is underwater. So that's also, and I'm expecting something to have hot lava. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> I'm glad you are liking the, the the Peaches and Amos story. They really are great friends. Um, I like her. She, she ends up having relationships with a lot of people. But it is a big elephant in the room that she tried to kill Holden. It's a huge elephant. <laughs> but Amos sees something in her. And it's probably the remorse. And that's what separates Mercury from... And did I ever bring that up in the beginning in the first episode that he took Morty's bag, Mercury's bag? He had it. He crossed out his name and put his name Amos on it. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But yeah. Um, I know you're most interested in the Naomi. I really didn't think they would have enough time to put her in the story this week because I thought... I really did. Like we, They were going to shoehorn her out because she has missed I think the second episode was the one that she was not in but I think maybe because it's all Leah yeah I could see it her still being part of the story it made sense but I really thought it was going to be much closer to the vest that Marco didn't want any inclination that drummer knew that Naomi was on board um but yeah their story is very very interesting to see more of those dynamics play out but I also miss some of the aspects of the book, which I will get to. And just shortly, I think that's all the comments I wrote down on your feedback. But I can't wait for next week. It's going to be amazing because this entire season has been amazing. And this is what I meant by man. They did have to not throw They could have just did the week by week in season four and I would have been fine with it. <laughs> this is the season I knew I wanted to binge and i have to wait but I, it, it's a great waiting period it is something to take us off of real life you mentioned it as well as mimi we all know america <sighs> repeating history people motherfucking went back home in the south and got the confederate flags maybe now they'll start actually saying yeah this is this is a terrorist organization this flag should be banned because it represents terrorist type of actions against the government that was squashed 
some hundred years ago in an actual civil war if you want to leave feedback on the next episode you can leave that at blackgirlcouch at gmail.com or you can respond to this podcast you can send that in written or audio format 10 minutes or less you can find this podcast black girl couch reviews on podbean stitcher itunes spotify and wherever else good podcasts can be found my social medias will be below remember to like share subscribe and if you have time run over to itunes rate the podcast leave a review don't let the door hit you with a good lord spoilers spoilers that time spoilers so let us talk about the naomi situation there is a lot of back and forth between book readers that i've seen online about how they are handling their storyline not only this season but the entirety of the 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 series as a whole because they've changed a lot of the things and a lot of the character that she was and the characterization and it kind of felt or could feel as if she got the short end of the stick from the amazing person she is portrayed in the book now i'm of two minds about it because the first three books that naomi was in she had very little agency like yes she was very strong of telling jim i'm not about to be yo whatever if you want me you gonna be in a serious relationship she was much more belter nationalist than the naomi that we get in the show who is more inclined to the bridging of the two because show show naomi will do whatever the fuck she wants whenever the fuck she wants it and be damn what jim holden has to say (laughs) sometimes i mean would i prefer her explaining her explanation to jim instead of i gotta go do something and if you disagree i'm breaking up with you those are two different people i do miss the hair tick that shows the emotional uh or psychological effect that her her past has wrecked on her i think that is a a big part of the show that's missing is why like the why behind why how did marco get his hooks in her she's such a smart person there there is that that little bit of missed history that they aren't doing that i am truly missing from the books which is her fitting back into her old life or at least the the family or the people belter um dynamic around her instead she's immediately the hostile immediately tries to kill marco like that was not in the book and then (laughs) she isn't as sleuthy she's we don't get to see her her mind work we don't get to see her go into kind of you thought you were kidnapping me but now you fucked up and made the worst mistake we're getting a little bit with the fact that she's changed since mine i think that's where they're trying to turn that and if you take that to season or book four where she was able to convert oh what was havelock to convert that guy to her side just by able to talk to him and convince him you work for the wrong side i can appreciate those little differences that they are putting in there but i on the other hand completely feel yes it is i am a huge fan of naomi in the books loving that character not being having her shown to her full potential especially in this arc where she did rise 
all the way to the occasion is a little bit of a letdown <laughs> because everyone's praising the suplex but what naomi's doing is chess on the pella at least that's what she was doing and they they've changed it around where it doesn't have that same element of genius on her part of you know she had a two minute second conversation with sin and she didn't decide to make herself busy by doing repairs or playing the part of the oh you say i'm free fine let me test the limits of that she's immediately reactionary to everything and it doesn't allow for that type of momentum but it does stay in line with the character and it it is not out of the realm of possibility that someone who has such history with you being able to hear their point of view and their perspective after they've already went through a lot of their things and know where you're coming from that could be problematic if they have the power to influence you and that could be yes the miscalculation because rather sin and philip because everyone is under the oppression like i love the going in the comments and everybody's like drummer's gonna save naomi everyone's waiting for that and i'm like yeah that's not gonna happen <laughs> which makes me really nervous for drummer because i don't know what she's gonna do or where is that storyline gonna go but it's not going in that direction i imagine there's gonna be some type of mutiny or coup above uh her faction and either she is going to um put down corral and make her faction an enemy of the free navy and thus she's forced to go work with luna or the inners or or something happens and her crew turns on her and she barely escapes with her life if she escapes with her life at all I think because we need it on a dread note that's why they're saving all of the bad things that you know the series station um we're probably going to hear offhand that that um anderson dawes i was wondering what they were going to do with them and now i i kind of put it together that they're most likely gonna have him just say he's siding with marco at this point and it still allows for his arc to play out and maybe they possibly get jared jared harris or at least like i think they're holding out for it but they may just also recast him because we need at least anderson dawes and then maybe he dies um the way in which fred did that would make a whole bunch of sense but yeah i'm worried about that i do know episode eight just because of how the they were talking about that's naomi's episode she's the baddest one in space that that's going to be a setup there i was surprised to see him with the check smoker marco on this episode and it's, it seemed as if he was sending it to intercept or maybe that was just his plan but that doesn't work if naomi doesn't get on that ship which makes me think next episode that's episode seven yeah that's definitely going to be the episode where we're going to get a, a naomi and marco showdown and he's probably going to bring up that's exactly what he tends to do and he may have sin be the one that watches her i don't know it's going to be a little bit different because it's not going to be the setup i wanted where she picks a fight in the med bay i mean that was such a boss ass scene where she's like i'm gonna get my ass kicked just so i can still i mean oh i'm kind of sad we're not gonna see warrior ass jane naomi and it's not to say they may not do it still especially since it could be after his big old that's why i said maybe he was 
being more calculating on that bridge scene because why would you have that conversation out in the open with everyone around you that doesn't make sense when it's such a personal type of thing unless you're trying to turn a whole entire crew against her and then the best way to be in the next episode is to let her out and then let her deal with the consequences that seems more like we get a full scale of how diabolical Marco is and then he reveals the Chet Smoka plan and how because we know that conversation with that that Philip had with her and maybe he's the one that sent Philip like oh you wanted to know about that conversation about the behemoth with your mother he needs to make the voiceover so that's clearly how he gets the voice thing to send the fake distress signal to intercept the Rossi and blow it up um and that's going to stop him from going after the Zemea. I didn't want to mention too much of that when Shy asked because I was like, I'm just going to diarrhea the mouth. I'm just going to ignore that question right now. I'll just have that as something she was thinking about. Um, but what else do I think they may they may change? Yeah, because the eight's going to definitely be with her and the Chesmoka. I'm still hoping we get the Prime Minister storyline a little bit so that we can see because there's still some people who are confused like well mars killed earth too they're the ones stealing stealth tech and we haven't had christian address that i'm sure when she hears from um from drummer or not drummer bobby that she's going to get that information and then there's going to be the prime minister who's probably going to want to commit um an alliance between the two and not siding with marco I, I think that's still going to have a play. It just didn't need to have the comical play it did with the, hey, there's only two seats in the Razorback. Okay, Bobby's just going to stand there watching the Prime Minister move back and forth as they piss, making their way to Luna Station. I, I can see why they decided to simply just condense all that. But I still am of the mindset at this point that they're going to meet up with the prime minister and we'll start to get a little bit more information of exactly what this coup was on mars and that it is a particular group of people that are working with marco and not the entire government of mars because that's something people don't seem to comprehend yet and then i think at the end this is all everyone's going to be meeting up at luna and then it's going to be um it's going to be christian at that point deciding in some capacity or maybe the torch is passed i don't know i really like the pastor guy and i know that her being back in charge that you know it makes sense but either way it doesn't matter to me she's going to be the one that's going to do the thing that marco's not counting on which is why they keep bringing it up again and again and again i think about how we're not going to have a choice even if we don't want to align ourselves with marco because earth and the martians are going to come after all of us but if you are wise and you learned your lesson instead of going back to war you decide not to turn the entire belt into your enemy and i think that's going to be her moment of realization that yes this is exactly we go that same he's counting on us to do exactly what we've done for centuries a peace summit calling them criminals not marking all belters the same that puts a huge wrench in the plan 
because then that starts the people that are of the belt that is like yeah well we don't like earth and mars and yes we want our independence but not like that however if then earth and mars can as we see in it all gets to the transport union come up with an actual way to solve the problem and makes what marco is posing as not the best option because it comes with being a genocidal maniac then yeah that's the problem with inners the whole time they never wanted to actually sit at the table and talk about options and if they know what's good for them <laughs> that's exactly what they would do and that's when you'll start to see all of the different factions rise up but i do think that marco is going to be in charge for a minute i think the reveal on medina station is going to be something they they bust out in the 10th episode and that he has series he has the power behind him earth and mars are not at the they're not at the position in which they could do anything about it and that needs to be shown at the end of this series and i think that's why they're lining it up the way they're lining it up because all of the characters have to realize that and then you can get to that big momentous note the game really has changed uh what else did i want to mention oh about the gamara code i'm wondering on that message if it's going to be naomi mentioning that part about the gamara code that we were missing from this episode the explanation of that and are we going to get the understanding that this code is also responsible for several other deaths because that was clearly made in the books and why she needed when she approached avasarala to say i need immunity for my whole crew because <laughs> they kind of I, I, eh were not accomplices but guilty by association i don't know and but also i don't feel like amos and alex don't know about her son yeah but she was hiding a lot of the the past because how many more ships did he try before she left by we know this is the one that she definitely that split them on that i just i need more and i feel that message might have more but it also might just be something small i don't know i don't know what this message is going to be because it wasn't in the books not that i recall but uh yeah i can't wait for these next two hopefully we will get more of the grandiose that is um naomi but it's still a st ongoing story for her we don't need it all addressed in season five as well i think you could still have enough to put out in season six to explain some of marco's actions by puffing out more of that past story uh naomi has to dutchman her uh, marco and her son or she thinks is going to be her son on board that has to happen because that's a huge moment for naomi of let going her past to the point where she was willing to save all of humanity by sacrificing her own son and that definitely sets her up for her last arc in the the latter books and someone else was saying do we think it's going to be a movie or a miniseries and i think it has to be either uh, it has to be a miniseries because it's such an out there and much more budgeted <laughs> type of events for the last three i can't see them ever doing that in a series it just wouldn't fit the format i don't think that's just my opinion 
I think I've rambled on enough about book spoilers. So until next time, peace, hair grease, black on magic.